It's El Episode 8 Ocho Nueve for our Spanish listeners. That's Episode 89 of Crypto Weekly. A special shout-out-alto to our listeners in España. Not those filthy Catalonians, though. This week in the news. <laughs> Stella burns 50% of the total supply of XLM patrician. Craig Wright decides not to continue with the settlement of the Wright versus Climate ruling. Binance are bringing more fiat on-ramps to the US. And BitMEX expose all their users' email addresses. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly and maybe sign up for one of the patron tiers to receive some sweet rewards in return. I'm joined in the studio by Mr. Geordie Prince to my left. Hello. What are you drinking, friend? I'm drinking a delicious, refreshing, and entirely fulfilling Brewdog Dead Pony Club Session IPA can. What an epithet for a beer. Dead ahead of me, I have the Crypto Beak. Hola, it's me, El Crypto Beaker. Oh, another Spanish intro. Thank you, friend. We're getting very big in the border states of America. De nada. Cool. What are you <laughs> drinking, friend? Uh, uno cerveza. <laughs> Perfect. To my right, we have the Bitcoin Buble. Good evening, Ken. How are you? I am very well, my friend. What are you drinking? I'm on the Dead Pony Club too, but I have had a little taste of a disco forklift truck. <laughs> I too. The mango pale ale you brought along. Yeah. Is that I... not ecstasy though? <laughs> no. Okay. I thought it was quite pleasant. Very tasty. Mm. Bit sweet. Mm, it was. It's certainly not something you could drink all evening. You wouldn't want to drop four of them. No, but you'd certainly let it tickle your taste buds for a, a mere moment. I am your host, Crypto Ken. I'm also drinking a dead pony club. And it's time to get started with the news. huge news to begin with and that is one of our favorite cryptocurrencies on the podcast that is stellar xlm they've decided to deal away with airdrops and they're just going to burn over 50 percent of the total supply someone want to talk about this yeah they burned fucking loads of xlm can it's a pretty big move yeah it's pretty gnarly uh there were 100 billion xlm in existence only 20 billion were in circulation about $1 billion owned by P-Money. Uh, the Stellar Foundation adds $17 billion to piss up the wall on developers or ping-pong tables or whatever. Then there are another $68 billion they were giving away to, like, Bank the Unbanked, Adoption, all that, all those memes. They've burnt five of the 17 they were spending on projects, and they burnt 50 of the 68 they were giving away to whatever... They decided to. Uh, obviously, they larped on and on about, oh, we just want to do what's right for Stella. We don't need this much money. But reading their blog post about it, they said things like, the ecosystem's already moving ahead on its own alongside the Stella Development Foundation rather than driven by us. We were never meant to be and would never want to be a perpetual custodian for Stella's programs. So, reading between the lines, I think it sounds like they're trying to address the same issues Ripple have had. They're trying to be like, oh, yeah, like XLM's completely not, not our problem. We're just a stellar foundation in the same way as Ripple is trying to say, like, XRP is just something they hold a bit of. I think. Uh, not sure it's going to really work because they had 80% of the supply. They've burnt loads of it, but they still have like 60% of the supply now. So I think it's going to be, I'm not sure that the whole like, oh, we just hold a bit of XLM. It's all, you know, it's oh, don't, don't blame us. Uh, strategy is probably not going to work, but it is good for XLM holders, obviously, because the potential future supply has been drastically decreased. Uh, but yeah, as I say, I don't think the SEC are necessarily going to go for it. Uh, what do you think, Ken? I label you a cynic, sir. <laughs> and 
I believe, I choose to believe that they've done this out of the goodness of their own hearts. They care about the wee bag holder on the other end of the crypto spectrum to but themselves. They, they don't care about the unbanked guys who are going to miss out on 50 billion XLM. No, we don't give a shit about those third worlders. Okay. Okay, I'm with you. You, don't, you yeah. don't when you're an XLM baron like Ken, mm. so... Nice one, Ken. Well played. Another victory for the Ken man. Exactly. Standing on my... What's a, an XLM version of an ivory throne? Your XL Empire. Ooh. P-Money will like that one, right? P-Money will absolutely actually, adore that I think one. he'll actually hate it because it's awful, but... No, no, no. He likes any kind of play on words. Okay. Listener, if you enjoy P-Money as we enjoy P-Money, please send in your play on words to his Twitter, at Dr. P-Money, because he will actually belly laugh at all of them. Yeah, yeah. If you've got pun or any other low-tier comedy, yeah, you like it. Are we going to see some kind of spin-off into the gaming sphere for XLM as well? Let's try and diversify. Let's hope so. But I think the key takeaway here is that while obviously it's huge that they've cut the supply, the potential supply, it hasn't actually affected the circulating supply for now. Um, you know, obviously it will do in the future. But the Stellar Foundation still own well over half of all of the XLM. Not in circulation yet, but they own a lot of it. So it hasn't really addressed the biggest issues that critics of XLM uh, had, saying that it's centralised, Stellar Foundation owned most of it. I think those are still relatively valid concerns. That is very, very fair, my friend. And I feel like we're going to revisit this a little bit in Market Watch. We may do, Ken. We Some, may do. In a bit later in the show. So, I'd like to move on then, and I'm going to look at you for this one, Buble, because I would like you to inform me what the devil is going on with Mr. Craig Wright at the moment. We have written down here that he has just decided not to um, continue with the settlement from the Craig Wright versus Climate Estate ruling. Yeah, I was hoping Young Law was going to join us in the studio today to talk me through all the legal speak. I'm probably wrong with a lot of this. But my understanding is that the Kleiman guys are trying to get some money from the wrong end because... Loads of money. Look, Half the money. Yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> um, because wrong and Dave Kleiman built Bitcoin, wrote it, did all the groundwork, then put it in some fund trust thing. We've covered it before, but they're trying to get some money out of him. The court has ruled in favour of the Kleiman estate and said, yeah, Rongen, hand over the cash. Rongen was like, fine. Started, uh, was it an out-of-court settlement or some sort of agreement of how much he was going to hand over? I think the court might have suggested or presented the opportunity for the two parties to reach an agreement outside of court. Okay. But basically... Uh, under the shadow of the fact that he had ruled effectively in favour of the climate state. But this was some sort of non-binding thing. It was like a gentleman's, yeah. if you guys want to go and do this over there, crack on, we'll call it quits. Right, as far as I'm aware, yeah. yeah. So now, Rongan has gone, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, nah, mate, I'm not going to give you the money. I can't finance it. Yeah. Ah, so he's declaring bankruptcy? Mm, not mm. quite. I don't think it's gone quite that far. But um, I do. There was a quote in the article which did make me chuckle on on how retarded the wrongen has been on this. <laughs> this case is about to get even worse for Wright than it already already was, which is almost hard to imagine. He's now pissed off everyone, including two federal judges, and probably even his own lawyers at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is like if you're gonna. Settle out of court, settle out of court and crack on with it. If not, don't bother. Yeah, I mean, if this goes, ends up back in front of one of those two judges, he's going to get absolutely zero quarter from yeah. either of them and it's going to be well-deserved because I know we've discussed previously how irritated one of the judges was. He went on this long monologue about how <laughs> Craig Wright had repeatedly uh, lied obfuscated, omitted evidence, 
procrastinated throughout this entire debacle of a trial. Didn't he want to try and do it via video conference call? Something yeah. like that, yeah. It was getting For ridiculous. the climate. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So yeah, he, he really is, does seem like he's running out of options really fast. That said, I do respect how alpha this movie is. It's basically been mandated to give these people half half the money, half the Bitcoin in question. And he's like, yeah, sure, let's just have a chat about it. They go have a chat about it. Halfway through, he's just like, no, nah, I haven't got it for you, big guy. <laughs> it does get even better. Oh, though. tell me more. Uh, it turns out Rongan's mate, tax dodging Mr. Calvin Eyre. Allegedly. Thank you. The shortest uh, man ever to walk this earth. Allegedly. Was trying to buy Clyman's estate. Allegedly. During this... No. This is not allegedly. Oh, wow. It's written on your man's blog, CoinGeek's blog itself. So he is actively promoting the fact that this happened himself. He's, he's try, what's he trying to buy? He, tr- he was trying to buy the Clyman estate. Which is basically the debt that Craig Wright owes. Yes, but this is what I didn't fully understand. So they'd have made this agreement, settlement out of court. The Clyman estate gets a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin, whatever. Air is in the process of trying to buy the Clyman estate. And him and Craig Wright are big buddies. Craig knew nothing of this. Ah, okay. (laughs) But they are big buddies. Allegedly. But it's just a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Casual acquaintances. So according to their own article... CoinGeek, on CoinGeek.com or whatever it is. Yeah. Air recently entered into negotiations with attorneys representing the estate of the late Dave Kleiman, a former associate of Dr. Craig Stephen Wright, the individual behind the entity known as Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin. <laughs> it's great that CoinGeek continually just yeah. say, yeah. Craig Wright, a.k.a. Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> Craig Wright was never a party to these negotiations, and any suggestion that contradicts this is factual misrepresentation. Well, I'm glad we only said allegedly. Just, <laughs> what's he trying to do? So I think what they, the angle they might, so obviously they're just, that's sort of a, another way of reaching settlement with the climate estate, right? I think they might be might say to them, do you really want to be bothered with all this fake internet money, the ups and the downs of the price? Let's just say they're worth, let's say they're worth, uh, oh, I don't know, um, $500 million today. God God only knows what they're going to be worth tomorrow. Maybe I uh, maybe I buy the climate estate for 250000 of those dependable US dollars, and you don't really have much to worry about beyond that point. And then you let me hang on to those volatile Bitcoins. I think maybe they're just trying to go for that. Although it does seem like, why wouldn't they just, why wouldn't Satoshi Nakamoto offer that directly to the climate estate in these, in these, uh, this mediation process. Because Satoshi would have to sell some of his Bitcoin. So he'd have to have access to it. Well, he doesn't have access to it, does he? He doesn't? No. Well, right, he said that he doesn't, doesn't he? Hasn't he already? Okay. But he might tell his mate otherwise. Well, oh yeah, he said, so he said that it's, there's like a multi-signature. Yeah, so he set up a trust that holds the Bitcoin and access to the trust's funds are... Uh, involves the use of some elaborate multi-sig wallet, but so it's that, that I just can't get it right now. <laughs> yeah, but that was also um, discredited by expert witnesses during the trial. So yeah, but so what I'm saying is that he couldn't. He's saying that he wouldn't be able to do that. So, but I guess what could happen here is if Righty says, "I haven't got any money for you, fellas." And Air says, you can't get anything out of him, he's got no money, but I'll give you X for it. They get a nice little deal there, because it's like, you either have nothing, you can go through more legal wrangling, Craig Wright could go bankrupt, you could get screwed over, or we'll give you a quarter of the price for it. Excuse the interruption, listeners. I just wanted to play a little clip of the Rongan discussing his ownership of Bitcoin to add a little context. My name's Craig Wright, and I'm about to demonstrate um, a signing of a message with the public key that is associated with um, the first transaction ever done on Bitcoin. And who does the world think did that first transaction? What's the name associated with that first transaction? The monkeyer is Satoshi Nakamoto. 
Monkier. Lol. What a complete tool. So you're going to show me that Satoshi Nakamoto is you? Yes. Because people assume that Satoshi Nakamoto must be fabulously rich. The inventor of Bitcoin must have vast stores of Bitcoin and therefore be incredibly rich. What matters isn't how much I have. And I'll say this quite frankly because I've got more money than your country. It's when I use it. Because I've got an asset class that has gone up in value, doesn't mean I pay tax on it now. I pay tax when it's deployed, only on the bits that are deployed, no more. And are you planning to deploy, as you put it, any of that Bitcoin? I've deployed enough and I'm happy where I am. Obviously, they would not, they're not working in tandem because CoinGeek says they're not, and that, that's fact. That would, also, that would be some sort of like, breach of court. Or, like, you would think so, right? but I know Calvin Ayer. The only bad thing he does is hangs around with really young girls, and that's not even a bad thing. Allegedly. No, he factually hangs around with very, very young-looking uh, women. I still feel like that might be an allegedly one. Hmm... Take how you want it, uh. The Cuban dance team just look particularly young, but they're all of consenting age, is what we're told. But it doesn't matter because he probably didn't have sex with all of them yeah. and pay for it. In, I doubt he did on that. On a private jet in Japanese We can all airspace. call them young because they were all younger than us. Well, they also were like, looked like they were barely into their teens, but I'm sure they were of consenting age. And I know that no one with his kind of ethics would ever uh, work with his alleged close friend to allegedly screw people. So, yes, it all seemed to to me, Bublé. Who would work for some horrible monsters <laughs> like that? <laughs> we didn't know we were when we started. <laughs> and weren't allowed to speak about it. <laughs> yeah. The saviour from the east, CZ, providing even more fiat on-ramps for US citizens, as Binance now allow purchases from a debit card. That is correct, Ken. So, as you rightly say, Binance.us last week announced its users can now buy crypto with debit cards. Pretty huge news. I mean, honestly, do these mad lads ever take a day off? <clears throat> so, up previously to this point, Americans could only buy on Binance.us using ACH payments which are basically bank transfers, which while are still reasonably convenient, that's not the kind of super normie friendly tier of fiat on-ramp that all us bag holders are desperately begging the US market to have. So this is obviously great news from our point of view. Not only that, Ken, but at the same time, they also announced that customer deposits on Binance.us are now eligible for FDIC insurance coverage. Tell me what that is, big guy. That is Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation coverage, which means that if you are an American uh, citizen, you are insured for up to $250,000 worth of deposits at deposit-taking institutions that are covered by this scheme, which is pretty huge, in my opinion. More than we're covered for on Coinbase. Way more, way more. Not only that, but I think... Um, so, I mean, this is I think this is pretty significant because one of the interesting things about the FI, FDIC insurance coverage is that no public funds actually go into to the pool that provides coverage for all the members, each one of the deposit-taking institutions chips in some of the profit to form the fund that is then paid out if one of them goes under, which I would assume means that Binance.us is one of these contributing parties, which makes me think that they've got pretty cozy with the regulators over in america they basically have one foot through the illuminati door as far as i'm concerned ken and if I, they're a fiat on ramp they basically have to right yeah they can legally offer crypto trading to americans yeah that's what i mean so they they're, they're putting together this really normie friendly comfy little package all un like under the knowing eye of u.s regulators which is pretty huge and I think this is especially big news because 
of Binance's previous dealings with U US regulators, which has basically been, um, we're going to do whatever we want. And if you lads want to like piss around with anything good on you, for instance, when I think it was a New York attorney, like the state of New York demanded that all exchanges that offered services to New York clients hand over, like hand over all the, oh, oh meet the KYC and a AML regulations that, that New York demands. Binance <laughs> were like one of the very few exchanges that replied saying, uh, no, we don't, we don't have any customers from New York. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about a big guy basically so they've had they've had a pretty i wouldn't say antagonistic but they an have, alpha approach yeah laissez-faire is that would it be fair to say that they've had a sort of you know take take it as you please relationship with u.s regulators which i would have thought would wind them right up but it seems to be that binance.us whoever's running the show there is doing things very, very much by the book and has successfully, as I say, put together this little normie, um, normie comforting package of offering crypto, which I think it's it's great news. I really do. So as always, hold tight, CZ. Oh, yeah. And one final thing, Ken. Daily volume up over $15 million, latest report, which is small. Uh, bearing in mind that Coinbase has around $150 million daily volume, but they're just getting started over there, Ken. So this is, I think it's very positive. They've nailed another roadmap. Remember CZ talking in that interview with that woman, whose name I forget on a podcast. He said, going to go for the smaller markets. They hit like Uganda and Malta and all these other spots. Going to wait for other people to get regulated in the U.S., like Coinbase did, a few of the other more mainstream names. Then we're going to go in once the regulation has been sorted out, we know how to get it, which they have done. And I'm sure they're going to absolutely wreck the US market like they've wrecked every other market. CZ, the big man, done it again. Just It brings me back to the day that you were shilling me on Binance when they first released. We were in the gym and you said, big guy, these guys know what's up. And that prophecy has come true almost every single day since then. Mr. How, many, how many did you buy, Ken? Not enough. Yeah, hey, I Never either. enough. But I'm right in thinking that the US exchange doesn't contribute to our BNB bags. You're correct. I don't think it in, contributes or, to the burn, right? Not as directly as... But I think they do use BNB. Oh. I believe you still get... Uh, Your kickbacks. I think so. I'll have to double check that, but I believe so, yeah. But you're right, I don't think it contributes to the burn. I'll but set up a VPN and get on it. <laughs> nice, nice. Please just, don't. Just, just don't do it don't, don't do it in New York, big guy. Yeah. The only one the only person in the world who's setting up a VPN to route through the United States <laughs> to get uh trading in crypto. They won't be expecting this. Nice. <laughs> nice. From one very well-run exchange to one that clearly does not give a shit whatsoever about their customers, we have BitMEX exposing every single person who signed up's email address to not, the world. Not quite, Ken. Um, we have BitMEX exposing the majority. Of ah, their <laughs> simply the majority. <laughs> of their client email, email addresses. Uh, yeah, so they CC'd in the majority of their clients into a general user update email recently. I can see Buble's eyes rolling back into his skull as I said those words. So does this mean we have an email that's gone out with CC to like a million plus other people? Yeah. I would guess, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so this is, a, this is a big deal because a malicious party who received this email has a huge list of people to that he knows uh, hold crypto. So it's sort of a bank of targets that he, you know, they could pursue with, for instance, a spear phishing attack. And not only that, but now they also now know one part of the information that's required to access the these accounts. So from an OPSEC or InfoSec point of view, this is a big blunder. That said, doesn't necessarily mean that your BitMEX account is... Um, has been um, compromised, but BitMEX have come out and said that now really is the time 
to make sure that you, one, add the BitMEX support email address to your contacts list, and two, enable two-factor authentication on your account if you haven't already got it. And three, don't hit reply all. (laughs) (laughs) Three, don't hit reply all. If you're listening, BitMEX, you probably should have said that. Yeah, I would also add that I would probably... Do first of all, you should have had two-factor authentication on your all of your exchange accounts for years now. If you haven't, go and do it on BitMEX and go and do it on every other exchange that you have an account on. And finally, I actually think it's worth following exchanges on social media because uh, when this came out, it I believe it was like they tweeted about a blog post explaining the situation. So if you were following BitMEX on Twitter, that would have been the absolute first place that you would have been able to find out about the potential compromise of your account, at which point you can take take actions as quick as possible to ensure that you aren't out of pocket as a result of this. So yeah, I'd probably recommend all of those um, procedures be taken on all of the accounts that you have at any, any exchange. If you'd have been following them on Twitter as well, you would have seen two tweets one which said hacked, and one which said take your Bitcoin and run, as BitMEX also lost control of their Twitter account for a brief <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, that really would have been a, uh, a telltale sign. Uh, they didn't know whether it'd been hacked or whether it's just like some renegade employee had got fired up about this. But BitMEX <laughs> didn't really acknowledge it. They just said, oh, ignore the trolls. Everything's all right. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure BitMEX will have made everyone change their email. But if you haven't and you've got shit email, you should because now they've just got a list of accounts to try and brute force. So, yeah, everything the print says and change your password immediately. In fact, if you haven't and you've got a shit password, you might already be fucked. I don't think BitMEX said change your email address. Change your password. Oh, okay, okay, good, yeah. But would you recommend people changing their email address as well? Or? Uh, no, you can't do that. Like it's, it's too much of a hassle. Yeah, and they're all right. Change the password on your email would be high IQ if it's the same as your BitMEX account. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but if you've got a shitty password, like if you've got a decent password, you're fine. But if you've got like password or six zeros or something. You shouldn't be in crypto. <laughs> well, you shouldn't be, but I mean, what's his face? Ian Bellina had all his fucking private keys written in an Evernote. Uh, thing on his you know in his Evernote account so and he had like a million dollars so who knows what these monks are doing well the cynic brings us to the end of the news once again (laughs) it's now time to move on to his own segment Market Watch it was a sad week friendos the 4chan prophecy probably the biggest meme of 2019 was finally proved wrong if you don't know some anime posting artist on 4chan's notorious biz cryptocurrency board predicted that December 2018 was the bottom for Bitcoin. They said that Bitcoin would be worth fifty no five thousand three hundred in April, nine thousand two hundred in July. This is all back in January. Sixteen thousand in October, twenty nine thousand in February twenty twenty, and finally eighty seven thousand in a year from now. They nailed December, they nailed April, they nailed July, and the late October pump looked like it might get us close to hitting another prophecy, but Keck failed us this time. Uh, it got a lot of the gremlins fired up that this guy was like some kind of TA savant, or he was like some shutting artist who had like loads of bitcoin a lot of crypto money and he was just ma- he or she lol was just making it happen um every there's a lot of people obviously like reddit got hold of it it was it got pretty mainstream but there are a lot of people who are pretty fired up about it and it was pretty funny when it pumped and it was getting close but we shut out the end of october at 9.1k and left crypto gremlins around the world devastated Tough break. Uh, On the upside, though, fear not, because the market cap of crypto went up 1% over the last seven days. Get the fuck in there. 
Bitcoin broke even last seven days. ETH up a couple of percent. Nothing in the top 10 moved more than about 6-7% apart from Stellar, which obviously pumped a bunch, 22% as they sold half of those little XLM bastards. Uh, excuse me, burnt them. Litecoin made 7% gains this week because, maybe because Charlie Lee has been LARPing about privacy shit again like he always is. This time he's talking about implementing Mimblewimble into Litecoin to be private and that. Uh, who knows why. Um, he has managed to get a former Grindev uh, in, giving him a bunch of money and trying to get him to fire it up. So maybe this one is more real than his other privacy lots. Uh, EOS congested as fuck this week, which is pretty hilarious as that's exactly what it criticised ETH for. And basically its only selling point was, oh, we can scale, bro. Um, but yeah, it's super congested. And, of course, ETH must have lost loads of money as its only selling point failed. But no, EOS up 7% this week. Unfucking believable Are people actually using it then at the moment? What are they using it for to cause this congestion? Uh, I think bots are spamming stuff. Uh, that's That seems to be what's going on. Uh, slightly less enraging news, Augur has had a huge week. Rep token is up 42%. And all the trash tier crypto journalist mongs are saying it's like, oh, some sweet TA levels. Or because Augur version 2 is coming out in a few months, which everyone's already known about for months. But it seems more likely that it's because Augur starts to shield themselves as the go-to place to get action on the Democratic nomination and the 2020 election, which are exactly the kind of markets that have been particularly popular for them. In fact, basically the only markets that have been popular on Augur to any real degree have been the political markets. Uh, in the past, last year, 2018 midterms got them 2 million or so in volume compared to the 3.3 million total right now across every single market. So obviously 2020 will be a way bigger event than 2018 midterms. It uh, seems reasonable to think Augur will be ramping up their advertising going into 2020. They're already trying to fire up a bit of shilling now. And you would think that if they've got any money at all, they should spend it advertising the 2020 market. Uh, they're going to have Augur 2.0 out, which should be less shit than it was in 2018. And yeah, should be a shitload of volume going through there. Obviously, the 40% pump is probably a pretty huge overreaction. But... Uh, but rep could be interesting to watch for the next six months. And being that we have one of the world's leading political betters, the Geordie Prince, in the studio, I think it's time for a new segment to come out. Prince's political punting presentation when? From next week. We, we... Nice. Perfect. <coughs> Stay tuned. Uh, there are almost no big losers this week. The worst performing crypto in the top 100 being Swipe, which only lost 30%. Although Tron did somehow manage to lose 130 million off the market cap, which is pretty tasty. Not too much on crypto Twitter. I've managed to largely avoid that cesspool this week, Bros Moloch. My favourite posts on there, though, have been Innovatutor, Slate and Ken for our absolutely dog shit new Crypto <laughs> Weekly logo. So check out our logo on. It's not across everywhere now, Ken. On our Twitter. It is, yeah. So. <laughs> So check it out and make sure to at Ken and let him know if you think it's as terrible as the rest of us do. And make sure to leave my handle out of that conversation because I'm already getting spammed to shit by that one autist. Innovate you, Tor. Yeah. Mate, he's trying to help us out. Yeah, he's a not thousand anymore. times. He, he's not anymore. He messaged me today to say he withdraws his offer for help. This, uh, I'm not surprised. Who's surprised? I'm not surprised he's withdrawn it because you haven't listened to him one little... I'm not that's surprised. Not, that's not That's not fucking true. You need to see my messages because I have <laughs> ca Triggered. I have followed his dance through my messages. He has taken me on a wild goose chase. Uh, a wild a wild pony ride, if you will. Okay, well, I think he's in the right. And in related news, the big homie, Al Chal, a.k.a. Big Choms, has suggested we change our intro music to Bitcoin Baron by YT Cracker which is a novel little ditty. Mm. Uh, I personally feel that our 80s cop show intro is now too iconic to change. 
But at me on Twitter and tell me if you disagree. Tell me which one you prefer. Uh, that's what you call user research, Ken. You should try Thank it you. sometime. Mm-hmm. This has been Crypto Beak reporting live from the car market. Back to you in the studio, Ken. Thank you for that update, Mr. Beak. I believe we have another entry of the Scoville scale with the new nice. And I'm excited to hear what's got his goat this week. <laughs> you are correct, Ken. We are uh, once again all aboard the Scoville Express, as I've found a few little interesting tidbits through the week that I'd like to like, I'd like to bring to our listeners. <clears throat> now, I feel like I know our audience pretty well, Ken. And if they are anything like the person I imagine they are, they are sitting at home right now wondering what they can do to revive the now fetid corpse of our once great civilization. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. I know Ken certainly is. Good. Well, they're in luck, Ken, <laughs> because we are in the month of November. And what is it we do in the month of November to preserve what little of value remains in this clown world? Grow a moustache. We do not not. We refuse under any circumstance <laughs> to masturbate, Ken. Isn't it to nuts in general? That I'm not actually sure on. I think having sex with a whammon is encouraged because all the 4chan incels are not going to get on board if they're even being told. If you literally have the opportunity to have sex... You don't do that. You say that, Ken, but a lot of them go hard mode, which Ooh. is where you are so committed to no fap and a um, a Q an IRL QT three point one four. You you preserve your virginity throughout November. <laughs> you you protect your virginity wow. against the siren call of the e thought, the dopamine peddling wow. pornographer, or anyone else. Who would dare take it from you? You extend your virginity for another month yes. in honour of our society. Yes. Good blimey, O'Reilly. <laughs> That's some good stuff. So, yes, Ken, I hope that all of our listeners will be joining me, the prince, <laughs> in, in doing their bit to save Western civilization by refusing to nut in November. I'm so excited for weekly reports on this. <laughs> I will not be doing a weekly report on this because that is obscene. And this is all about avoiding obscenity. We're removing smut from exactly. our society, big exactly. guy. <laughs> that would trigger some people. <laughs> I need to not hear every week the size yeah. of the prince's testicles. Whoa, exactly. trigger warning! <laughs> so I was kind of on the fence, as degenerate as that is to admit. I was like, should I save Western civilization or shouldn't I? Should I'm- I contribute to its downfall? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I went on... Pornhub.com. The hash- no, no, Ken. No, I Bring did not. Warning. <laughs> I went on hashtag no nut November and I was what, thinking what, to myself, Twitter? yeah, on Twitter, went, went on the hashtag and I was like, oh, I'm going to see some inspiring memes. There's going to be some like pictures of like Greek marble statues behind like 80s synthwave gifs or whatever. If I All know anything kind- about autists, it's going to be loads of porn with the hashtag no nut November. You say that. There actually wasn't. Wow. But what really got me, what really convinced me that I need to do this is that there are so many ethots on there and hoes be mad, Ken. All of them. There are dozens and dozens of what I presume are like those people that sell like uh, premium Snapchat things. Mm, They sell porn, basically. Ethots, yeah. There are dozens of them on there who are like, these are my thoughts on No Nut November. And then there's like a gif of them like looking salty, like getting a bit of cleavage out for like two seconds and then putting two middle fingers up to the camera. Oh, I mean, it is to trigger those people. That is pretty hilarious. But it backfired so hard. Like as soon as I saw that, I was like... Oh no, I'm saying to... To deprive the ethos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they don't... Yeah, they don't realise how powerful the motivation to stay on the path of the righteous that has been for i would assume anyone involved in the process so yeah if ever you find yourself flagging go and look at a blue head ethot looking really salty on the no nut november hashtag you're welcome <laughs> great tip there prince thanks um moving swiftly on 
so yeah, Beak did mention that we are, are rapidly approaching the 2020 election. There's been a lot of... Um, uh, we're really starting to see the battle lines get drawn. I did notice this week, in particular, two events that caught my eye. First one, Senator Elizabeth Warren has announced the formation of Warren's meme team. This wasn't a joke. She hasn't announced it herself. Uh, yeah, whatever. She's 4chan like... has announced it. <laughs> no, I mean, she's too ashamed to be associated with it, obviously. But if you go to warrensmemeteam.com, you can join the team of people who will be memeing, or attempting to meme, I should say, on behalf of Elizabeth Warren in the run-up to the 2020 election. That sounds very uh, unorganic, Prince. That sounds like... A forced meme, if you will. Yeah, a forced meme. A forced meme, yeah. So the crack meme team that she's assembling have sort of fallen at the first hurdle by... Do we like her? Just... Well, actually, this is the weird thing. In terms of policy, she isn't, she's not she got some interest in some good ideas, isn't for instance. She, isn't she the woman that pretended to be Native American? She is the woman She is the woman that pretended to be Native American, did a DNA test, found out that she's one like 1,000 of a percent Native American, and was like, see, I told you. Like, I literally could be more ma- Native American than her. There's some chance. But, but you aside, would never send in your DNA because you don't want to be traced by the CIA. Well, I would. That is one reason, oh, and also because the woman that owns Twenty Three and Me is married to Sergey Brin. Coincidence? I think not. Um, but moving swiftly on. So, are we cool? Do do we like Elizabeth? Well, Warren? I actually like some of her, her policies. Some of her policies are decent. For instance, she wants to break up big tech companies, which I'm fully on board with. I think that's a really good policy. Got, Where is she at on legalizing online poker? Probably right in the sort of wine ant corner of the <laughs> quadrant where she's like, ooh, gambling's bad and oh, yeah, people can't be trusted to make their own decisions and stuff like that, I would okay. estimate. Forget that. But um, what's Did you say be gone? Oh, also, I think she wants to cancel US student debt, which I think is another good policy. Oh. But... As an individual, so I, I do actually like some of her platform, but as an individual, she is just risable. Like, there is... Forced <laughs> is a word that describes her completely. Everything she does just seems like a put-on, like an act. It's over the top. It's forced. It's all forced. And I just feel like if she gets a Democratic nomination, which it looks like she she is now the front-runner to do what? so. Yeah, she is the front-runner. In- is she giving us... How much per month is she going to give everyone? Uh, she's planning on giving everyone $1,000 less than Andrew Yang a month. Unbelievable. Where's Yang at? What's happening to the, to the he, big guy? So he's st- he's hanging in there. He's Fucking st- yes. He's still there. I mean, he's in that he still has a campaign, which is... Yeah, well, he hasn't quit yet. That's no, pretty good. Yeah, which is basically more than could be said for Kamala Harris. So there you go. But yeah, he's in there. He did... Uh, did we mention this last week? He's trying to legalize online poker mm. in America. Hold tight, the young man. Hold tight. Big big moves. But where was I? Oh, yeah. I feel like if she does get the nomination, which she is the favorite to do, by all measures, both in polling and in oh, <clears throat> prediction markets, aka gambling markets, she is going to get wrecked by Cheeto Blumpf on the debate stage. I feel like Zion Don, if there's one thing he does well, it's a face-to-face debate. We all saw how badly he wrecked Hillary. Okay, before we get too deep into Alex Jones' territory, what I'm interested in is the price for Trump to win then. Because if we're thinking the most likely candidate has very little chance against Trump, that means that Trump is pretty close to a lock to... To so, win again in 2020. Yeah, I'm on board. What what I would say to that is that it's still it's still early days in terms of a um, heads up race between Warren and Trump. So it's it's worth hanging fire. And we have to remember that there are absolutely there's huge swathes of the electorate that are going to vote for whoever's running against Trump. So the it's what percentage of the fence sitters are going to be. Um, sufficiently repulsed by Elizabeth Warren to swing it in Trump's favor. But I do think that 
if people are as influenced by things like who has the best bands as they clearly were in the 2016 election, I, I think Warren is really going to struggle. Do 4chan like Warren? No, I don't think then they do. she is fucked. Yeah, I think they're like me. I think they can see the, some of the value in some of the policies, but as a, as a candidate, they just, she's, just, she's just so easy to hate. Are they adamantly Trump again? No. So there's a big... Uh, that's trouble. There's a big... Yeah, there's definitely been a big fracture in, in within his base, basically. And that's because he's neocondon. They don't like his foreign policy, especially, and they don't they perceive him as having having failed to deliver on the promises he made during the 2016 campaign. Have, having said that, I think that that's always the case when someone gets elected. So a lot of people were saying that about Obama towards the end of his first term, and it did nothing to hinder his re-election. Furthermore, there's, it's, it's pretty well known that there's a huge incumbent bias. In, not huge, but there's an incumbent bias in U.S. presidential elections. I think if I remember correctly, I think it's um, out of the 37 U.S. presidents who have run for re-election after being president for the first term, only 10 failed to get re-elected for a second term. So I feel like incumbents do very well. And you can kind of see why, because people, like, changing president is like... Vote against our president. Yeah, exactly, that kind of thing. Crazy. And also, like, give the man a fair chance, you know? Like, four years, not that long a time. Like, he's, he's in, give him some time, and he'll work things out. That kind of attitude. So... When I saw on various betting markets the other day that the price suggested that Trump had as little as 41% Whoa. of getting re-elected, obviously I got involved, completely irrespective of my personal feelings of Zion Don, but there you go. Sometimes the numbers speak for themselves. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, and I think <laughs> finally... Um, in contrast to Warren's meme team, who do things like tell each other that fewer words in memes are better, because God knows the left has to learn that lesson the hard way. <laughs> Trump himself this week has come out and announced the Autism Cares Act of 2019. I shit you not. Wow. Yes. In what is so we've heard a lot about quid pro quo in the news regarding Trump. However, this is probably one of the most blatant quid pro quos <laughs> in US political history, as he signed a $1.8 billion for funding of autism research and services, which I took to mean he's going to make sure that all the autists have enough tendies and sips to meme long into the night in the run-up to 2020 and secure his, his election just as they did in 2016, and who can blame him? Fucking hell. Are you unbeatable. That's an unbeatable yeah. strategy. Get the autists on board, game over. Trump yeah. with the 10,000 IQ plays. Serious. He truly is playing 5D chess he with is this particular one. seven-dimensional underwater backgammon, Ken. <laughs> Correct. So all in Trump. Uh, well, I mean... I'm in a level with you. It's too late. <laughs> You've already sold me. All in Trump at 41%. Of getting re-elected, I mean that's anything ridiculous. under ninety percent. We're all in. That's <laughs> what I'm hearing you say. Probably anything under fifty. I mean, Jesus. Thank you for that update from the Scoville scale, Mr. Prince. Oh, I truly appreciate it. GP, would you like an update on No November? Yes, please. From the Authority. Who's that? Oh, what's... is it Latsbra? No, no. Pornhub on Twitter. Okay, what okay. did they say? Twenty million people. Already failed, no, not November. Weak. They, they called them weak. They're right. They're right to call Followed them Followed up by some mad lad. Excuse me. I watched, but I didn't nut. <laughs> Blown out. It's Great a whole point. new level of strong. Great point. Now that is hard mode. Now that's, <laughs> that, is, that is actual peak degeneracy, to be honest. Mm. That's sadist mode. Masochist mode, where you inflict pain upon yourself. I don't know, but. They followed one day later. Update, 100 million have now fallen. To the soldiers still going strong, we salute you. Only 29 days to go. I mean, actually, no, I'm against this subversion of the no-nut <laughs> movement by Pornhub and their witty tweets. I'm against it. Pretty I, good bands. I would like to see the numbers for 
the previous month, though, and contrast and compare. And I would like to see the week-on-week numbers after this episode drops. Hold tight, hold tight, listeners. Don't let me down. You know who (laughs) will definitely be doing No Not November? That's Roy. Let's see what he's got to say. I think Romano's doing it, isn't he? Oh, Romano. Roy is doing it, and he's tweeted at length about it. Nice. I decided this year to do No Not November. Never did it before, (laughs) but I don't see what the big deal is. (laughs) I'm going to easy one-shot it. All I have to do is stay inside my house. Avoiding porn is easy. Day four already, and I feel just fine. Return. Just. Period. Return. Fine. That is the most Roy tweet I've ever heard. I thought he blocked you. Yeah, I'm on incognito mode. <laughs> when, when an event like No Not November comes around, Roy, if you want to... you got to get a bit of cringe porn. Also... Staying in his house makes it easier for him to avoid porn. Where does he consume it? He lives in Thailand, mate. (laughs) And there's nothing that makes you (laughs) makes an internet artist want a nut like that. Well, I feel like the ultimate test of whether he's successful or not is whether he still lives in Thailand on the first of December. Because after a month of no nut, he'll be like, What am I doing in this hellhole I'm leaving? You would hope so. But if he falls, if he falls from the path of the righteous, then I feel like you'll be like, no, the place I live is great and I'm going to stay here. So yeah, well, we'll know at the end of uh, 1st of December. Well, check him out on Twitter, Phil before Shill. See see how he gets on. Mm. That brings us to the end of the show then. It's time for us to chill our Twitter handles. Say goodnight, Mr. Geordie Prince. Good night, everyone. Please follow me on twitter.com at hrhgeordiep. That's at hrhgeordiep. Many thanks. Take it away, Mr. Beak. Buenos noches. It's been me, El Crypto Beako. You can follow me at crypto underscore beak on Twitter, but I'll mainly be speaking Spanish, so any English listeners, uh, you know, I guess you can turn Google Translate on. Mr. Bitcoin Buble. Good night, you nutters. It's been me. <laughs> Bitcoin Buble. You can find me on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore Buble. I have been your host, Crypto Ken. You can follow me on Twitter at Crypto Ken Can. Ken, are you going to be doing No Nut November? Uh, I don't think Barbie would enjoy that. Okay. Say no more. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You can follow the podcast at Crypto Weekly Pod on Twitter for updates for the podcast as a whole. And... Producer extraordinaire could not be here this evening. That's Dr. P. Money. Do you think Dr. P. Money will do No Not November? There's no chance. There's a snowball's chance in hell <laughs> that P. Money will be doing No Not November. The harem won't let him. No, they will not. <laughs> they have needs. And you can follow him on Twitter at Dr. P. Money. That brings us to the end of the show, though. We've been Crypto Weekly. You have been filled in. Stay strong out there, Kangs. Good night.